With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports is underway. The final hour of the week. Yes, indeed. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. We'll be back on Monday. Again, uh, I want to thank uh, Brendan Ulrich for uh, filling in on Monday and Tuesday while I was at home uh, dealing with a wonky back. And I uh, really appreciate it, Brendan. Thank you so much. I know he had his big football draft yesterday. He had two of them. He's in like five or six. He's crazy. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the glass. Yes. Hello, Kellen. Hey, Davey. I can't. I can. I'm in one. One is stressful enough. I don't know how yeah, one manages five or six. I've, I've, this might be breaking news for some of my friends that actually listen to the show and that stuff. But I'm I'm not doing any drafts of any sort this year. I'm just I'm too burnt out on it. So yeah, I've, I'm taking a year off just to kick back and relax and yeah. actually, you know, sit back and watch these games again and that stuff. And I hear you. It just got to the point last year where it was getting too insane even oh, with yeah. one draft. But I can't imagine doing like five or six let alone two or three or whatever Brendan was doing. Uh, you know, BU has a special skill. I, and I think that is yes, managing multiple drafts. <laughs> yeah. So, and he loves it. So that's all good there. Yeah. So, you know, and he'll be on the sidelines tomorrow night. We'll hey, there forward. we go. Big game tomorrow. Yes. It's going to, what, what, what do you think? What do you think? What, how does this set up in, in your eyes here? Oh, man. Um, no, I, I think Eskies will win. Yeah. I think they'll win. Um, it depends. The Saskatchewan's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like, Eskies could walk out there and win, you know, blowing them away, like a, a 50 to 10 final or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, probably best case scenario. Worst case scenario, maybe, you know, Saskatchewan comes back late in the game or so and we're treated to another great finish like we've been all this season, right? Yeah, I'm kind of on your train of thought. If, yeah. if the Riders win, it's a close game. Yes. If the Eskimos, I think one of two things happen, well, obviously, but, you know, a close game is possible or they could blow them out. Yeah. You know, they could have that They could have that swagger back and um, they're really good at Commonwealth Stadium right I th- now. I think we're getting enough healthy bodies back in yeah. the lineup that know the playbook. Yep. And know the, the the what they need to execute in their positions and that stuff to prevent you know the unthinkable of happening of you know Saskatchewan walking in here and just steamrolling us you yeah, know for sure I think that it's going to be more of a uh, I think it'll be either a close game or I think the Eskies are going to walk out to a heavy lead it'll be one of those yeah. two type of scenarios tomorrow yeah. night and I'm just of the yeah I'm of the mindset all options are open except the rider blowout so, that's right yeah yeah that's how I feel so yeah. uh, we got it for you tomorrow right here on 630 Chad mm-hmm. countdown to kickoff is at 6 o'clock Morley myself Blake Brendan 
I know Kellen will be back here running the ship. Correct, yes. There you go. And then 7.30 is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, if you want to call in, you can do that at 780-496-0063. You can text in as well at 630-630. You can also uh, give me a, a tweet. At Dave you seem surprised channel. by that. I know, because I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's I got like, wow. A, I got a tweet. Technology, cool. Unbelievable. <laughs> Actually, I did get a tweet uh, from Kurt on a grader. Oh, okay. He says Hi, Kurt it, on a grader. Yeah, at least a few impact guys are coming off the injured list. Brandon Zilstra, Amando Sewell, and hopefully no more injuries going into Labor Day. That's the thing. Is It's great that they... The Eskimos are getting guys back, and they're key guys. You know, Sewell, Zilstra, Arjun Colhoun, uh, Gary Peters in the secondary. That's great. Just they keep getting injuries. It's annoying. And there are five more players that have hit the six-game injury list. Sorry, four more players that have hit the six-game injury list. One player's on one game. That's Vidal Hazelton. So hopefully he'll be back for Labor Day. Um Adarius Bowman should be ready for Labor Day. Adam Konar, linebacker, should be ready for Labor Day. But there are four more players that hit the six-game injury list. Uh, defensive back Brandon Thompson and defensive tackle Euclid Cummings. Those two hurt a lot because they are starters. And then you got Andrew Liu, who's on the six-game injury list, a backup defensive back, but he plays special teams. And you also have, um, let's see here, oh, Corey Jones, another starter. Another starter, because he was uh, uh, taking the place that J.C. shared at middle linebacker. Basically, since the first half of game one in Vancouver against the B.C. Lions when J.C. Sherrod uh, ruptured his Achilles in the second quarter. Uh, Jason Moss on the home field advantage. And this year, I mean, we've had three crowds over 30,000. We had one crowd that was sub-30,000. And yet, it was still a pretty raucous atmosphere. That was against the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and that was quite the game. But Jason Moss says, you know what? Fans have a major influence on the game. The fans create the atmosphere. I think if you come to one of our games and there's more people here and you're all enjoying what you're seeing, I think it, it's, it's, a, good, it's a, good, uh, a good vibe. And it's exciting to play for players in front of crowds like that. And uh, we've had tremendous crowds this whole year. And whether it's been 28 to 36 to 32, they've been loud when they needed to be. And, and it, it is a home field advantage. And you could feel that. And so I don't care if there's 48,000 and 20 of them are Saskatchewan fans. The, the atmosphere that that creates is good for both sides. And, and I love it. I think all of our players love it. And, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, we want to entertain our fans and entertain the people that come to our games so they get excited about coming back. And I think that's part of what you, you hope to see and you hope to provide as an athlete. At the end of the day, we're all here to do one thing, and that's win. And so if there's 20 extra thousand from SAS coming, I just want them to be disappointed going home. But ultimately, I want them to enjoy the experience of coming into our park and watching both teams play. So it looks like uh, hopefully 40,000 plus, which will be the biggest crowd of the season, not just for the Eskimos, but for the CFL and could be one of the largest crowds in the last couple of years. Let's go to uh, Matt from Section O. Hey, Matt. Dave, how's it going? You hear me okay, buddy? I hear you good. I hear you good. Perfect. Uh, you know what? We're just sitting there talking about fan involvement and, 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 and crowd noise. Do you remember the 2015 West Final? Oh, I can never forget it. Are your ears still ringing from, the, from, from, from that game? All, all Eskimo fans, tomorrow we got to get loud because there's this myth going around. 
and it goes around every year. Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, that Ryder Nation takes over your house. Commonwealth Stadium is going to be Ryder Nation's Airbnb. Uh-uh, uh-uh. If, if the 2015 West Final, anybody that was in there remembers how rowdy, raucous, loud, and amazing that atmosphere was, and the players feed off that, tomorrow's going to be a good game. Dave, you know I've been looking forward to this game on the schedule yep. all year long. Yeah, I, think, I know it. I know it, Matt. I think a lot of Eskimo fans always find the Saskatchewan home game because we 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 know when the Calgary home game will be. And actually, there's two Calgary home games uh, or two home games against the Stampeders this year. But everyone looks at where the when are the Riders coming and they circle it on their calendar. And you know what? It's going to be even sweeter right now because the Eskimos sitting at seven and one. And just like when I called into the points after show last week. We didn't play as great as we could against Winnipeg. We had a lousy first half, but I think the players now, they realize it. They've got the whole streak mentality out of their brain. I don't know if that affects on their game plan. I doubt it, but but now that that's just another distraction they don't got to worry about. We can start fresh. We can go in. We can basically get back to the fundamentals as to what we were doing. And you know what? Let's be honest here. This Eskimo team has been ravaged by injuries, but 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 to be 7-1 and one and still have all this 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 talent that's able to step up and initiate plays and facilitate ball movement down the field. It's going to be a great game tomorrow. And hats off to Jason Moss. He's coaching his A out there. <laughs> and uh, you know what? I am so looking forward to this game. And I hope uh, all the all the five Rider Nation fans that are going to be there in attendance tomorrow that they can keep the noise down and let Eskimo fans do what we do best. Because the game's on YouTube, 2015 West Final. Get loud, Dave. We're going to be 8-1 and one tomorrow. I'm calling it right now, and we're going into another slobber knocker against Calgary, and everybody knows how great that week is for Section O coming in. So I just wanted to say, because I'm, I'm fired up. You can tell I'm fired up. I know you're ready to go, and let's all have a good day tomorrow, and uh, go Esco. All right, Matt, thanks so much, okay? Catch you later. That's Matt all the way up there at Section O. Uh, text comes in, I uh, heard the game is sold out. Is it? No, it's not sold out. It's not. Uh, there's still tickets available, but there's going to be, it's going to be a large crowd tomorrow. That's for sure. Uh, Chester is next up on the phone line. Hey, Chester. Hey, how are you today? Good, how are you? Good, just a couple cl- uh, comments. So the first comment is, you know, it's great to see Matt's enthusiasm for the Espos. And I, I'm, I'm a huge CFL fan. Uh, I love the game. Um, you know, and I, I like the matches. But the bottom line is, uh, this is a huge game for, for Edmonton in that if they lose, they haven't had a lot of success with Calgary, and they're going to Calgary, or they're going to Calgary coming back. They pile two more losses up there. All of a sudden, they're 7-4, and it's going to really test the character of this team, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, th- th- this is really important for them as well, as well as the Riders, but they don't want to lose this game and have to face Calgary twice because, to me, that's going to be the benchmark of where this team really is. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if if the Eskimos lose tomorrow, there's all the questions that'll be directed towards the club, and you know that negativity, or, or maybe the better the better word is the noise ramps up. The noise level ramps up. Uh, you know, oh, now you're going into a uh, into a place where you can't win or haven't won very much uh, on Labor Day, and then you haven't won very much in the rematch. So yeah, I agree with you. I think it's you know as critical of a game it, it, it as it is or as it seems, and no, I think it is a critical game for the Riders. It's a huge game for the Eskimos as well to get to get back in the win column and get the good feelings going into Labor Day. And I, 
and I think the other thing too, uh, it's it's different now because you can really see uh, Jason Moss's stamp on this team, the character, the swagger, the confidence. Uh, so I mean that I think that's that's going to really weigh in their advantage. And the other comment with regards to the Ryder Nation, and you know I am not Ryder Nation, but I'm sorry. The Eskimos' attendance over the last couple of years is that has, has slowly been going down. I look at the attendance all the time. When you're looking at over 40,000 people, whether or not they're, 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 they're screaming and yelling Ryder fans, those people are putting money into the city and putting money into the Edmonton Eskimo coffers. So that's more than five people, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chester. Thanks for the call, okay? Yeah. Enjoy the game. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, uh, I think some people get upset when the opposition you know, fan base comes into your park. It makes it more fun. I find this to be a fun game. I mean, there's some section of, of the fan base that are, you know, more belligerent than others. But overall, I think this is a fun rivalry between the Eskimos and the Riders, especially uh, with the fan base. Um, the fan bases. Okay, time for weird text of the night. Uh, why don't the Eskimos pick up the NFL player who took a knee during the U.S. National Anthem? He's a great player and tactician. He's looking for work. Well, if you're referring to Colin Kaepernick, No. You you know the Eskimos have Mike Riley, right? Mike Riley, who's probably the leading candidate for most outstanding player this year. So, no, the Eskimos don't need Colin Kaepernick. He's on the neg list of the Ticats anyway, and they can have him as far as I'm concerned. Not saying that Colin Kaepernick won't come to the CFL one day. Maybe it's possible, but the Eskimos don't need Colin Kaepernick. End of story. Uh, John Chick is going to make his debut tomorrow. Traded to the Eskimos on Sunday for a fifth-round draft pick, along with a fifth-round draft pick in the 2018 draft, traded for a second-round pick to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He will start at defensive end across from Odell Willis. In between in between, will be Amando Sewell and Mike Moore. Uh, but Jason Moss likes what he sees out of John Chick. Well, I, I, I think what you notice about John Chick is he's business. He comes in ready to work every single day on every single rep. He plays at 100 miles an hour, and uh, he gives great effort. But he's a consummate pro. I mean, you talk to Dwayne Mandrusiak and everything is yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, please. It's all this, all the stuff that you've ever heard about and how great of a guy he is. I mean, again, it's it, when you have people like that to walk in your, your locker room, it complements what you already have because I think our locker room is a lot like John Chick. So he doesn't stand out as much as what if you went into other locker rooms or something, I don't know. But, you know, he, he's a lot like us already and so it was nice to see him come in and uh, be someone we expected um, and do the job that we're, we're asking to do through five days. There's a lot of virtues you learn I think as a man and growing up and um, whenever you become a man and you have a, a large family there's a lot to provide for uh, there's a lot of reasons to play well there's a lot of reasons to be a pro um, and I think he's got all the motivation in the world each and every week to play well and to play at a high level. And you can see that with his play and the way he plays the game. He plays it the right way. Um, he's never going to, you know, not go out and be prepared. He's never going to give great, never not going to give great effort on every single play. And, you know, whatever his motivations are, I'm assuming I know what they are. So it's, it's pretty easy to motivate a guy like him. Yeah, there's no question John Chick should be motivated going from an 0-8 team to a 7-1 team and a Grey Cup contender. I think we're not going to see any 
I think, drop-off in the game of John Chick. I think John Chick will be rejuvenated. Yes, he's 34 years old, but I think there's a lot left in the tank for John Chick, who is signed until next season, or after next season, but let's worry about this season. So I think it was a, a smart move by Brock Sunderland and that he was able to get this done, this deal done, and pursue and be aggressive with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think good on him. And you're starting to see more and more Brock Sunderland put a stamp on this team. There's a lot of Ed Hervey still on this team, but I think Brock Sunderland is making moves to really solidify his mark on this team. He's done a good job, and the coaching staff has got a good job. 721, back with more in a moment. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Welcome back to the show. It is 10-24. CFL tonight. Into the third quarter of play, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on a touchdown from Julian Fioli-Godino, and the Bombers are up 17-10. That is in the third quarter in Montreal against the Alouettes. Blue Jays earlier on today, they lose 2-0 to the Tampa Bay Rays in the Major Leagues of Baseball. Mike Riley talking earlier today about uh, having the chance to play at home finally after a couple of games away. Yeah, it feels great. It, it does feel like it's been quite a while since we got to play at home. I mean, it's only a couple weeks stretch, but um, you know, I always love playing in front of our fans. So, um, you know, excited to get back out on this field and uh, put together a good performance. Is there a bit of a aura or a atmosphere around here that makes it really comfortable for you guys to play and really uncomfortable for the opposition to play yeah I think so I think um, you know last year last couple years I think it's been pretty good but I think this year more than anything maybe a byproduct of some of the close games but it seems like in the fourth quarter it's been louder in this place than I've heard it uh, probably in the five years that I've been here so our fans have done a great job this year Um, you know we just we always get excited to play in front of the home crowd there's no question about it you lose a weapon in Hazleton but you get a weapon back in Brandon Zilstra yeah yeah, it's just kind of uh, one in, one out, you know. It's, uh, but, um, you know, our guys have done a great job of being able, being flexible and shuffling around and playing different positions. You know, um, Zilstra's played to the field, played to the boundary, uh, played on the ball, played off the ball. He's definitely a multi-purpose tool for us. So a uh, good guy to have back in the lineup. I thought he had a great week of practice, didn't show any rust, and, um, you know, was playing at a high level of speed, which is what you want to see from a guy that's been out for a little bit. Um, so I think he's really comfortable with what we're doing this week, and obviously he's going to be a big weapon for us. What do the Riders bring to the table defensively? They bring a lot. You know, they're Chris Jones' coach team. So um, I think here more than anywhere, we know what, what a defense like that <laughs> is capable of doing. Um, you know, and they're, they're very aggressive. They're athletic. You know, we know what type of guys that he likes to bring in. Uh, tall, fast, long guys that, that can play man or zone. Um, you know, and their their front's been doing a good job. Willie's done a great job of getting pressure on the quarterback, so they haven't had to to load the box. Um, they've been able to drop a lot of guys out and still get pressure, so we got to be good up front. Um, you know, and we just got to be on our points like it is every week. You know, we got to got to make sure we're hitting our landmarks and our routes uh, to get open in their zones, and I got to be able to see you know the different looks that they're going to try to give. And you know, when they do pressure, um, you got to be able to make them pay for it, and you you can't let them be successful in those scenarios. But that's easier said than done, obviously. You know, it's uh, something where you know we'll make our game time adjustments on the sideline, but. Um, 
you know, they've had a week off as well. And so, um, you know, we've watched a lot of film on it, but you got to be ready for anything. You know, when, when he has that much time on his hands, he's better than most at, if not anybody, um, you know, at, at devising different schemes and, and trying to cause confusion and things like that. But again, they're very athletic. They're very physical. Um, you know, it's going to be a challenge, but uh, we're excited to play against them thing with Chris Jones is you expect the unexpected. You have no idea what is coming from Chris Jones. He does his base stuff, and he does what Chris Jones usually does, which is a lot of man-to-man pressure at times, and he'll play zone pressure at times, or zone looks at times, but there's always that one or two looks that you've never seen before, and that is really the MO of Chris Jones. Boris Beattie just hit a 19-yard field goal, so the Montreal Alouettes have drawn closer to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Still trail in the third quarter, uh, 17-13 to the Blue Bombers. Back uh, after a news update from the 630 Chad 24-Hour News Centre with Thomas Dice, we'll be uh, joined by Ed Elnicki, U of A Golden Bears running back. The Bears season a week tomorrow. It opens at foot field against the UFC Dinos, and when we come back from the break, uh, we'll be joined by Randy Hanch of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Rookie camp is uh, underway and the WHL season is just around the corner. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Coming up to 734, final half hour of 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins. Reed will be back on Monday. Tomorrow night we got the Eskimos and the Riders. Six o'clock is countdown to kickoff. Seven thirty is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Morley Scott, your Strilly, Blake Dermott, and Brendan Ulrich bringing you all of the live action. Well, the Oilers uh, will be a month from now, well into their uh, exhibition schedule for the 2017-18 season. The Edmonton Oil Kings, in fact, uh, a month, uh, I guess, a month yesterday. Uh, is when they will start their regular season. They'll be in Red Deer. Their home opener is actually a month on this date, uh, September 24th. Red Deer will be in Edmonton at Rogers Place. And uh, rookie camp is underway for the Oil Kings. And to talk about the uh, offseason and the uh, year upcoming is uh, Randy Hanch, GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Randy, nice chat with you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, what's it like to get things uh, going with, uh, first of all, uh, your rookie camp? Uh, it's good. You know, it, uh, it was a long summer, and uh, basically when you kind of get to the start of August, things happen pretty quick, and I think uh, everybody was ready from uh, the players to, to the staff to, to get things going, and it was a good day today. I guess uh, let's let's just talk about uh, what you see out of rookie camp so far and what is your expectation level for, for the camp. Well, you know what? We had a really good turnout. Uh, basically, everybody showed up, and uh, you know, from the start, which was was nice. And uh, we came in today with registration and fitness testing. Uh, the players came in, uh, were, were in good shape, so it gives them a good start uh, for the training camp, and and then you know, to carry on to the ice. So you know, tomorrow uh, our practices in the morning, and and I mean, you know, we like to have a practice where the kids can kind of get climatized to the camp and the pace and everything, and then we get into the games tomorrow night. What's that going to be like when you actually see uh, the the camp uh, go on the ice and get in those practices and get in that competition and then finally see some games? It, it'll be good, you know, and, and I think that uh, you know having the flexibility of uh, where the players get a chance to skate, you know, and and have a practice before getting into a game really helps them get more comfortable and and you know more adjusted to the pace. And because it, it's a busy couple of days for them, you know, especially today too, you come in with registration and there's the nerves and. 
And then, you know, we're fortunate this year to be uh, downtown and uh, be in Rogers Place and in the community ring. So, you know, if you're a player walking into it, uh, especially at a younger age, it is a pretty intimidating building. But, uh, again, it's all part of development, and they'll be better for it. I guess, you know, and like you say, it's it, it's nice, but it's intimidating. But I guess, you know, if you want to make this team, you have to be used to this environment. So in some ways, it's a good thing, I would imagine. Oh, exactly. And, and, and we talk about development, and we go through it with our players, you know, you you're fortunate because uh, you get a chance to work in a pro pro atmosphere and, and a pro building, and it just uh, helps you out uh, down the road for sure. Um, tell me about center Jake Neighbors. He was your uh, fourth overall selection in this year's Bantam draft. Uh, um, what do you see out of him and, uh, I guess, the expectations for him uh, short-term and long-term? Well, I think short-term, you know, for him, he's just going to come in and play his game. Sometimes, you know, you don't want to get uh, put too much extra pressure on yourself if you're, uh, you know, higher selection and, uh, the thing on Jake, I think, with his game is is it gets better over time and and uh, through the long haul. And he just plays an honest, hard, hard working two way game, and uh, he makes the players better around him. So, uh, you know, for him, along with the other players, we're just going to tell him to take it. You know, it's an old saying, day by day, but you know, each day get better and and uh, keep on improving and and you know, enjoy the experience too, especially with it, with it being your first camp. You know, it, uh, for a lot of the kids that uh, you know were drafted this past year, you know, we're fortunate to have that development camp that we had at the end of May, and that's kind of a bit of an icebreaker. So uh, it gives them a little bit of advantage to, you know, transition into camp, but uh, overall, uh, you just want them to enjoy the experience. Yeah, it kind of gives a chance for the players to kind of see what the expectation level is and the compete level is, and I'm sure it gives, you know, the coaching staff led by Steve Hamilton a chance to kind of see what they get to work with uh, once the season really gets going. Exactly, and you know, and that's kind of the benefit too of having the practice tomorrow. You know, they, they're on the ice with the players, and you know they can get, kind of develop you know some short-term relationships and get a feel for the players themselves close up, and then they get the flexibility of you know watching them uh, in the games, and you know we can converse with you know the coaches and everything, and uh, keep them up to date on things. We're joined by Randy Hanch, the uh, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, tonight on 6:30. Chet Inside Sports uh, rookie camp uh, will it, uh, just got underway today. There'll be practices tomorrow and uh, a game tomorrow night. Uh, scrimmages tomorrow night at the uh, uh, at the uh, Edmonton uh, Community or the uh, the Community Center uh, right beside Rogers Place. And uh, uh, you, I believe later on, do you not play an exhibition game uh, once everyone is together? Uh, do you play one exhibition game at the community rink? We'll have two exhibition games. Uh, the second weekend on the Sunday night, uh, actually, we have a home and home with Calgary. We're down in Calgary on the Friday, and then uh, uh, the, on the Sunday we play at home against Calgary. And then the f- last weekend of exhibition, we have Saskatoon in town on the Saturday. So, um, it's, it, you know, it, it, it's great for our staff and, and the players uh, to have uh, you know a game right in the same facility that uh, you dress in, and uh, even for the teams coming in, they're pretty excited to. Uh, so they've obviously played in the big rink, but they get a chance to play in the community rink, and there's a lot of local players on both sides, so that uh, make it quite interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the expectations for this team going in, first off, the makeup of the team, uh, you're in a, a rebuild phase, so would it be fair to say it's a bit of a younger squad that you're going to ice uh, once you get going in uh, September? Yeah, you know, we're still in the youth movement, and, um, you know, we do have, you know, a fair number of returning players, uh, and saying that, you know, Probably the largest portion are, are, are still youthful, uh, but they are a little bit uh, beyond the years because of all the experiences they went through last year. But we're still, you know, moving forward with uh, the youth movement, and uh, you know there are going to be some growing pains. But also saying that you know the experience some of these players got last year will certainly help them out down the road. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, tell me about 
I guess trying to 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 rebuild that nucleus that you one, once have, and you know, it's funny. I kind of I kind of smiled when you said it's been a long off season. I mean, we're not used to hearing that out of the Edmonton Oil Kings because we're used to you going deep and that sort of thing. But we know what how major junior hockey is all about too. It's it's cyclical. So now you're in the phase of rebuilding that, you know, trying to rebuild the core uh, to hopefully get you back to where you were those few years ago. Tell me about the work that goes into um you know with that with that process of, of trying to rebuild a core well probably the uh you know we reflect you go back to you know our first uh, three years in the league and um you know the biggest thing for for us is you know the you consistently you know uh use the word patient and that uh you got to preach it you know to everybody all amongst ourselves and uh but it's true it's uh you know, you got to have patience. You got to have a plan. You got to have belief, and and we do. And in, in in our drafting and developing within, and uh, for the most part, and and so for us, it's uh, there's no quick fix. And uh, you, you know, we're excited with our with our youth and uh, with the group moving forward. But you know, there's they're, they're going to need time to mature and develop. And uh, you know, it is a you know heavy uh, older league. And in saying that, you know, uh, we're still excited with with the kids we have coming in and the kids we have returning. No question. All right, Randy, thank you so much for your time tonight. And uh, it's exciting that rookie camp is getting going. Uh, and you mentioned about the practice and the uh, the game starts tomorrow. When does main camp start? Uh, well, tomorrow our, our returning players will have a light skate, and then the main camp uh, kicks off on Saturday with their registration and uh, fitness testing. And then there'll be another light skate on Sunday, but officially on Monday it gets going. It's exciting. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. Randy Hanch, the uh, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. So it might be another lean year for the Oil Kings, but uh, overall should be uh, should be an interesting year again. And this team decided to go in the direction of the rebuild. I mean, they got rid of a lot of their, their top players, Aaron Irving, for example, um, a couple other players. And you got to do it at some point. I mean, I thought they were going to do it a year before when they last made the playoffs and they lost in six games to the Brandon Wheat Kings, but uh, they, you know, Randy Hans decided to do it last season, and they were in a position to make the playoffs or in a playoff hunt, so um, it's it's a courageous move to do it, for sure, but uh, you have to go through the down times to get through the, uh, the, the good times, and we're not used to seeing the Oil Kings have their season end early. I mean, we've been used to them making the playoffs, but it's major junior hockey and it's cyclical, so it all depends, uh, you know, the success will be how long, or the success will be measured about how long Randy Hanch can get this team back into uh, not only a playoff spot, which is the first step, obviously, but you know, back to where they were to challenge for a league championship and a national championship as well. Because let's face it, those three years were a lot of fun. <laughs> Two Memorial Cup appearances, a win, a WHL championship, a couple WHL championships in the in that time period as well. That was a lot of fun. Want to see it again? Absolutely. U of A Golden Bears haven't had a lot of success for a long time. Are things about to change? It's the most veteran-laden group that this team will have in a long time. We'll talk with uh, fifth-year standout running back Ed Elnicki after this break. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. 
Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pretty tight uh, contest in Winnipeg or in Montreal right now as the Bombers, they hit another field goal. 2013, they lead early in the fourth quarter in uh, in Montreal, as I mentioned, against the Alouettes. Well, the U of A Golden Bears, a week from tomorrow, will uh, take on the UFC Dinos at Foot Field and uh, they begin their 2017 Canada West season. Can they make the playoffs finally? Well, if they're going to do that, fifth-year running back Edel Nicky will be a big part of it, and uh, he had back-to-back seasons with over 750 yards rushing, which is ranked near the top of Canada West. He joins us now. Ed, uh, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you? Good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm very well. Nice to have you back on the show. And, uh, you know, here we go again with uh, with another U Sports uh, Canada West season uh, just upon us here. And uh, a week from tomorrow, you open things up at Footfield against the Calgary Dinos. Uh, off-season goes, uh, does the off-season go fast for you? The off-season flies by, and it's and it's such a long off-season when you look at it as a whole. We say you kind of get two weeks off from whenever the season ends, and then we get a bit of training in before Christmas and let everybody go home to their families. But then as soon as you come back, coach is all over us. So <laughs> it's pretty structured. We're, we're in the gym. We were out on the field. We had that bubble up at foot field for the winter, so that gave us an awesome opportunity. But, yeah, those practices flew by, and the summer flies by too. Yeah, before we talk more about training camp, uh, the bubble now that's on foot field, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that just seems to be like a total game changer. Yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable to have that kind of an advantage, and, and especially out west like this. Like we, There's some teams, I mean, uh, out in British Columbia, they're able to practice a bit in the winter here and there, and they have a bit of a longer stretch that they're able to get out on field. But from just from the athletics department in general at U of A, to have that kind of a facility available for our athletes to train in year-round, it's just, there's nothing like it. You know, you can't, you can't rep, uh, replicate having a full field to do reps on. Even Commonwealth, the indoor facility is awesome, but there's only so much you can get done in 60 yards of turf. So having a full field plus a track, plus all of the other things they were able to go on in there over the winter. It was it was really something and it brought a new kind of energy over the foot field in the winter, which was which was well uh well had for sure. Yeah, that's great to hear, uh, Ed. And uh, now training camp uh, is uh, is ongoing right now. You had your uh, you had a non-conference game yesterday. Uh, you drop a 33-30 decision to the UBC Thunderbirds in Kamloops. You were down 30 to nothing in that game, but you almost came back and won that game. Uh, I guess first of all, how is camp going to this point? And uh, maybe tell me more about the game. Yeah, so camp overall, I think has been has been really really great. I think we went into spring camp with all of our off season practices saying we aren't going to slow down for all of our for all of our rookies coming in at spring camp. So we just kept building from there, and then throughout the summer we were still able to get in lots of throwing sessions and that kind of thing. So we hit the ground running once we got to camp. We only had about two or three days of real installation, and then we had everything in. So it's been polished from there. So looking at where we were at at this point last year in terms of our offense and looking at where we are now it's just it's night and day difference like you wouldn't even just how much better the guys are communicating the new wrinkles we've been able to add how quickly the rookies have done an excellent job of picking up some things and i've been really impressed with a lot of the young guys they did an outstanding job and then going into that camp or that game last night with ubc you get to play a team you've been bashing heads with the same guys for the last week and a half and you finally get to go out and play something different so it was great to see guys going out there and just leaving it out putting putting everything on tape getting something 
getting something that we can get better from. And that's been our whole progression through camp is that every day we've got to get a little bit better. And that's just how, that's just how our conference is. Because if you're not constantly improving, you're going to get left behind because that's how good this conference is. Yeah, for sure. We're joined by running back of the uh, U of A Golden Bears football team, Ed Elnicki, here tonight on 6.30 Chat Inside Sports. Just want to leave the uh, U of A angle just for a moment here and, and talk to you about your experience uh, with the Ottawa Red Blacks in their training camp. You were a draft pick, a late-round pick of, of the Red Blacks. Uh, you had a really good uh, uh, effort in the first uh, preseason game. You were the Red Blacks' leading rusher. Unfortunately, you didn't make it. But what do you really uh, gain the most from that experience with, uh, with the Red Blacks? Uh, one of the biggest ones that I've taken away from, and it's been something I've been able to stress to a lot of the young guys here at U of A, is that the, the experience of professional football is just so different from the university experience. So, I mean, you get into that locker room, and those are a bunch of guys that are feeding their families, right? Every day, every day they're, you know, they're making sure that their stuff's still in their locker room when they show up. So to go in there as a guy who still has the opportunity to have it, go back and play one more year at school, that was very different for me. So I'm glad I got to see what that environment's like. Mm-hmm. And it helps me appreciate the time I've got at U of A a lot more. Uh, I think the other one, just as a Canadian, is you realize how much uh, those little details make such a big difference. And learning how getting to play a lot more special teams while I was out in Ottawa, that was huge for me. That was big for me at, at developing as a player and understanding how important those things are. And it may be a very short amount of time in an entire CFL practice, but you realize that's how a lot of those guys they they get their they get their spot on the bus right and as a Canadian that's something that you have to strive for so being able to come back to U of A and say and tell my guys like if this is something that you want to do and you want to play at that level you got to take these these things really seriously because they're just like when you get to the pro level there's still not a lot of time that's reserved for special teams every day so you got to take those really seriously and know that you got to compete and work your butt off every single rep you get because that's how you're going to make it in that league. A couple of years ago, you were, your your team was really close to making the playoffs. Last year, you were a one in seven team. Uh, so going into this year, and you got a veteran late in the lineup, um, and you know there may be some questions with your quarterback, uh, with the quarterback position as far as experience. But you know you look at your O line, totally experienced, might be the, the strength of your team right now. Um, Chris Morris is also in his fifth year. So what have you seen out of this program? Uh, to this point, and what makes you believe that this is the year for the breakthrough? I think I've noticed a different kind of energy in our locker room, and I think that comes from a group of guys that have really grown up together. And you look at our veteran guys that are all, there's a few of us on offense that have played all these last five years together, Tyler Henry, Andre Webster, Adam Zidell, one of the receivers. There's a, there's a group of us that have been doing this for such a long time now, and we know what it's going to take, but then all of our guys that are now going into their second, third years with the program that have gotten a chance, they all redshirted together, and then they got that experience of learning what the system looks like. And so now when we talk about like our energy in the locker room, like we just we just all vibe with each other so well. Everybody's very friendly. We all push each other in the right way without without um, taking things taking things off the field. And so, you know what I mean? But it's never, uh, never going to be an issue, but we all know that edge that we need to play with. So that's something that I think has taken a long time for us to develop from a football standpoint. 
but we've really figured out what it's going to take in terms in terms of our energy levels to have some success in this in this conference this year. Very good. Well, we'll look forward to uh, the uh, the schedule and the season getting underway for the U of A Golden Bears uh, next Friday at Footfield against the uh, U of C Dinos. So thank you so much, Ed, for your time. All the best here uh, in this uh, 2017 uh, Canada West season. And uh, thanks for your time. I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Right on. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate coming on today. Ed Elnicki, not only one of the best players on the U of A Golden Bears, but he's one of the best players in Canada West, maybe one of the best players in the entire country. And uh, hopefully these Golden Bears can make a breakthrough and make the playoffs. Winnipeg Blue Bombers still leading the Montreal Alouettes in Montreal, 20-13 to midway through the fourth quarter. Blue Jays, they lose today 2-0 to the Tampa Bay Rays. Tomorrow night, we have Edmonton Eskimos football on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock is countdown to kickoff. And 7.30 is the kickoff on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. The Edmonton Eskimos at 7-1, taking on the 3-4 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Reed Wilkins will be back in this chair on Monday. Had a lot of fun hosting the show the last two nights. Our studio producer is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Dave Campbell. You have yourself a pleasant evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night from Commonwealth Stadium. Have a great evening, folks. Good night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.